All right, let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. Now, I'm going to give you a heads up. This is a long, long passage of scripture. I am not going to read all of it because I know many of you guys like to go to brunch. And if I read all of it, I'll try to preach every last line and it will be going to dinner instead of brunch. So you just got to roll with me. All right. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. I'm going to read and I'm going to jump around, but I want you to follow me. I'm in the New Living Translation. It says, after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meunites um, declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and they told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom um, is marching up against you from beyond the Red Sea. Um, and, and so Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. Somebody say he begged the Lord. All right. So he begged the Lord for guidance and he also ordered everyone in uh, Judah to come to begin fasting. So the people from all the towns of Judah, they came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Somebody say to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of um, uh, Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. And he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the rulers of all the kingdoms on earth. Um, You are powerful. You are mighty. No one can stand against you. Our God, uh, oh, oh God, we did not you drive out those who lived in this land uh, when your people from Israel arrived? And did not you give us this land to the descendants of your friend Abraham? And then verse 8, and I'll stop right here and try to preach the rest of it. Verse 8 says this, your people settled here and they built the temple to honor your name. So now, I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory, and then we're going to kind of get to the end of the story, because I believe that the the, the part that, that we really a lot of times overlook is this part right here. So you remember Abraham, and you remember Abraham talked, and he was having a conversation with the Lord, and the conversation went something like this. He said, Abraham, uh, Abram, rather, if, 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 if you leave, um, what's comfortable and don't revert back to uh, what you're used to. If, if you'll go to this place that I'm going to send you to, I'm going to bless you. All right. He said, if you go, um, I'm going to make your descendants as many as the number of stars that are in the sky. He, he said, um, everywhere that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that's going to be your land. He said, I, I'm going to bless those that bless you and I'm going to curse those who curse you. And he gave him this promise. All right. And so now we've gotten to this place and the place that we're in is the, the, the word that God gave Abraham and what they're dealing with right now. There's a little bit of conflict. Have any of you guys ever been in a position where you've received a word from God, but then conflict met your word? God, God said that he was going to bless you, but it seems like your car breaks down. You, you, you know, you, you, you get to this place and me and Chris was talking and um, he was talking about his, his AC unit. You, you get in this place and it seems like everything is lining up and you're excited about it and you're thinking about vacation in September. And then they come back and they say, listen, you got to spend like eight grand to get a new AC unit. And, and, and so I'm talking about how you will have a word from God. But when you have that word, conflict comes in. When you get to this place, you have to do what Jehoshaphat said. I told you guys to shout two things. And the reason why they were important is because if you shout those two things in the face of adversity, you will be able to overcome it. Yeah, you you have to know what to shout when adversity shows up, 
Because if you don't shout what's right, you won't overcome it, but you'll be undertaken by it. And, and so Jehoshaphat was in a place where all of these people, they declared war against them. They said, you know what, Jehoshaphat, you've been ringing long enough. We're getting ready to come and we're getting ready to get you. But the problem is when you read the rest of the story, these were some of the people that the Israelites could have taken out on the way there. But the Lord said, don't mess with those folk. Matter of fact, instead of you beating these people, I want you to go around them. And the fact now, watch, this is strange because the Lord told them to go around them, but it seemed like the Lord preserved their enemies for this opportunity. I'm going to break it down for you. Some of you guys are in positions where you've tried to overcome something. You've been fighting against something, and you should have thrown in the towel, but then as you got ready to throw in the towel, that thing raised back up against you. There are some people who have been going through steps of recovery and, and they felt like they've overcome their addictions, but then they went back to a friend and then that friend reared back up against them and now they have a conflict. Do they give in to the addiction or do they figure out how to overcome it? Because, see, I, I said something a couple of years ago. I said avoidance is not deliverance. Okay. You, you can avoid something and think you've been delivered from it, but the truth of the matter is you, didn't just, you just didn't have the courage to fight it. Okay, you, you didn't have the courage to take it head on and say, I know that the God that's within me is bigger than that, so therefore I'm going to trust him in the midst of adversity and I'm going to slay this giant. There are some of you right now who have a slingshot and some rocks, and God has anointed that stuff for you to take out Goliath, but you're afraid of what God has given you, so you've been simply avoiding it. But God is saying the reason why you can't go to the promised land is because you're trying to go a route that I didn't send you down. You have to take what's in front of you during this season, and you have to slay it. Tell somebody to slay it. See, see, the first time they didn't have permission to deal with it, but now is the season where God is saying, listen, if you're going to go to the desired places that I have for you, you can't avoid it anymore. You have to deal with the thing that you know has the ability to push against you. So, so now Jehoshaphat, they declare war against them. And Jehoshaphat's like, all right, uh, <laughs> these folk are coming. But I told you to shout, he begged the Lord. And now what I'm telling you is this, when adversity shows out, you have to beg the Lord and say, Lord, listen, you know I can't beat this. You know in my own might, in my own strength, this thing has the ability to take me out. But I believe that if you be on my side, then you can do something that will allow me to get the victory instead of avoiding it. So he begged the Lord. He said, uh, I need you to give me some guidance. And so after he begged the Lord, he, he said, I, I, I need you to get everybody and allow them to start fasting. And so Jehoshaphat was putting this thing together. And when the people came and they stood in the courtyard, they had a conversation. And listen to the prayer that Jehoshaphat began to pray. Now, remember this. There's three different groups that are coming towards him to fight. And Jehoshaphat say, Oh, our God, did you not drive out those people who lived in this land when the people of Israel arrived? Did, did you uh, not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? So they were in a place where what they had should have been theirs. Just because you're dealing with some adversity doesn't mean that God changed his mind. There are some of you who God has called you to do some great things, but you've went through a storm, a trial, or tribulation, and you're looking in the mirror, and you don't look like what you think you should look like. And so, therefore, you're thinking that God has changed his mind. Let me tell you something. 
God says, I'm a, I'm a God that I don't have to repent. I don't have to come back and change my mind because if I said something, that settles it. So your last mistake is just your last mistake. You can overcome it. You can overcome the mistake that you made because God's word didn't change. So, so let's dig a little bit deeper and I'm going to get you to the good part of it. So he began to spoke. He said, he, speak. He said, um, did not your people um, build a temple here to honor you? So he, he's talking to God. He's having a conversation. And many of us, uh, if truth be told, many of us would be in position where we would be ready to fight and not ask God what to do. Let me bring it to your house for a minute. If you don't want it, close the mailbox. Something happens and you're already trying to figure it out instead of talking to God, trying to work it out. You, some adversity have shown up and instead of you spending time and begging God, you've already called this person or sought this person or looked at this opinion or Google doctor or, or what, what is it, WebMD. You've done all these things trying to figure this thing out instead of spending time saying, God, what is it that you want to do in the midst of this storm? I was sharing with the leaders as we was coming out of prayer this morning. I said, oftentimes we think that we have to do something, but doing nothing is sometimes the best thing that you can do. I, I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to do something. Last time I checked, nothing was still something. When you sit still and see the salvation of the Lord, he'll begin to move in such a profound way that you don't get lost in what God's desiring to deliver at the end of it. But some of us start fighting. So here we are. Here we are. Somebody say, here we are. Here we are at this point where he's prayed and he sought the Lord. And now he's like, okay, God, I've, I've stated my case. I've, I've, I've told you what's going on. And the Lord began to uh, put some things in order. Somebody say, put it in order. In verse 18, it says, Then Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judea and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. And then the Levites of the clans of Kothite and Korah, they stood and they praised God and the God of Israel, then with a loud shout. So what we have to learn to do, guys, in my, my, my part or my, my topic or my message title is simply this, a praisey part. You know, last week we talked about when the instructions were strained. Today, I want to talk about a crazy part. How many of you guys know somebody at the moment of adversity, they shut down? Anybody know somebody like that? As soon as something happens, they just shut down. My 12-year-old my Kyle, he, if, 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 you, if he meets conflict, he has a bad habit of just shutting down. He'll just shut down. It's like he'll just detach from it. And you're like, Kyle, what's wrong? Nothing. Anybody know somebody like that? <laughs> you know they're going through something. You're like, man, what, what's going on? Nothing. What, what's happening? What, what, how can I help you? I'm good. You, you sure? I'm, I'm fine. But then everything within you knows that there's something dramatic that is happening. Something traumatic has taken place, and you're trying to help alleviate the pain, but they won't open up their mouths and utter a word. Many of us have that same tendency, be it we go, we get fired from our job and we go through this season of shutdown. Or maybe you are going through a divorce or relationship issues and you just shut down. Maybe you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, uh, well, we found stage four cancer. And you just shut down. There are many people that are in here right now that are watching by way of live stream that are in a state of shutdown. You're awake, but you're shut down. 
I'm a computer engineer by trade, and you know, a computer is a phenomenal thing, but when you shut it down, it can't do anything. I'm gonna let that resonate for a minute. From my cell phone right now, we can control the temperature in the air. At my house, I can pull out my phone and look at an app and see what's going on in my house. I can adjust the temperature from when we were in Boston. I knew that my AC unit had broke and I was like 13 hours away. But if I shut my phone down, all of those things that it has the capability of doing, they're null and void. There are many of us right now who have went through traumatic experiences and instead of restarting the machine, we simply shut it down. We shut it down because trying to go through the trials or the tribulation, it appears to be too hard. We just shut down. I'm going to let the spirit minister real quick to you because some of you guys, this word is starting to resonate. There are some things that have happened in your life and you've been shut down. There have been people that God has linked you with strategically to help you get through the storm, but you shut down. Somebody's grandmother passed and they meant a lot to them and because the pain was so traumatic, you shut down. There's somebody who is looking at their job as being their way out, and now you no longer have it, and you just simply shut down. A coworker the other day we just hired, she went to the doctor because she was having pain in her back, and they said that she had to take her, have her gallbladder removed immediately, and then after going in to remove it, they found out that she had stage four cancer. That was in her uh, liver, and it started to spread to her lungs. She simply shut down. So my question is, what has caused you to shut down? Jehoshaphat was in a situation where he could have looked at this and said, guys, listen, we got three different armies that are coming against us. We might as well just throw in the towel. Ember right now, Pastor Kevin said, we want to try to go into this expansion project as a turnkey project and, and, and the price tag came back and it was astronomical and when he got that number we could have simply just shut down we could have looked and said well you know maybe getting the, the, the next suite over would be a little easier and we could knock that wall out and we can turn this thing around this way and and maybe we could add a little more seats and we could save a little bit in the back and give the kids a little bit more room because three million dollars that that's insane I want this word to resonate. I want to challenge you. You know, the, the Bible says that unless the spirit does the work, the work won't get done. So I want to be sensitive to the spirit of God and allow him to move and minister to your heart. Because I know there are some people right now, because I feel you, that you went through some things. And there's a part of you that are shut down. You're trying to function, but you're only functioning with half of your capacity because some things in your life, you simply shut yourself down to. You're shut down. But, but, but God, if, if you would have done this, then we would have been okay. God, but I serve you, and I, I do everything you called me to do, but why, why was it in my department instead of theirs? God, God I, I, I serve you. Why, why didn't you heal my grandmother, and, 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 but, but, but she's gone? And then those things, traumatic experiences, cause you to shut down.
Here they are. Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord. He began to beg him. It says, I, I love that word. It says, he begged the Lord. How bad do you want to reactivate those areas in your life where you've been shut down? I had a conversation with my son the other day after um, he had got upset and we were riding to the grocery store, Kyle that I was talking about, and, and I, I said, listen, son, your daddy's here to help you. But if you stay shut down, there's nothing I can do. I, 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 because I'm close enough to you, I know that something has traumatically happened to you. I, I, I know that there's something that has caused you to be upset. I'm your father. I know you because we're connected to each other. And if you open up, if you cry out to me, then maybe what I have in my possession, in my experience, in my wisdom, I can give you something that will alleviate that pain. But if you keep your mouth closed. There are some people right now who are trying to fool us. Like everything is well, but your mouth has been closed. Because you're more concerned with the illusion of everything being well than the opportunity of things being well. I, I, I want the illusion to look like things is okay. I, I don't really want things to be okay because if, if things are really okay, that means that I might have to go through some stuff. I might have to experience some stuff. I might have to deal with some stuff. And I don't want to do that. So what I want to do, I want to just give the illusion like the, everything is okay. But God is like, no, I, I, I don't want you to walk around and be an illusion. I want you to walk around and be a reflection of who I am. That even if you have to get hung on a rugged cross and go into a tomb and people count you out, you can still get back up because you got all power. That, 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 that's what I want you to do. I, I, I don't want you to try to fool anybody. I want you to show everybody. Okay, y'all missed that. And so now they're here. Verse number 12, as they're still having this conversation, uh, I'll go to 10, and I want you to look at it. Verse 10 says, and, and now see what the enemy, I mean, the armies of Ammon and, and Moab and Mount Seir are doing. You, you, will, you, will not, you will not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel uh, left Egypt so that when we, we, you told us to go around them, God, and not to destroy them. Now you see how this has awarded us, rewarded us? We could have took these people out and not had to deal with this. But you told us to go around. Watch the rest of it. For, for, for now, they have come to throw us out of our land, which you gave us as an inheritance. What you're going through is trying to rob you of your inheritance. It's trying to rob you of the things that God has promised you. But watch the rest of it. Oh, our God, won't, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We, we don't know what to do, but we're looking, watch this, we're looking to you for help. Who are you looking to for help? When the traumatic experience happened, where did you look for help? Last week, we posted, I think Chris did a phenomenal job putting an illustration Monday, who, I think it was Friday, that said, it's not you that's going to do it, it's God that's going to do it. And until you get out of God's way, God can't do what only he can do. You're confused and you're afraid and you're scared of things that are before you. And God said, it's not your responsibility to deal with it. All I need you to do is beg me, cry out to me, and if you do those things, then I'll do the rest. 
You don't believe me? Let me show you. Let me show you. I was looking at it. <laughs> she said, I know. Yeah. See, 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 she's testifying to what the Lord has done. Can you testify that God has came in and did what he said he would promise to do? Then Jehoshaphat, as I said, he bowed his face. And as he bowed his face, he got up early the next morning in verse number 20. It says, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out uh, to the wilderness of Tokea. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and he said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Every day, every Sunday, rather, we, we, we come here, Pastor Kevin and I, we come and we stand behind uh, this podium desk, whatever you want to call it. And we, we spend time with God all week long asking God to give us a word that will help change our life. Every, every week, that's our desire. It's not to be eloquent, not to sound great, because tr listen, this ain't even my way of preaching, y'all. I like to get into it. But today God said, no, I need you to just slow down and do it the way I need you to do it. We come in here seeking to give you something that if you apply it to your everyday life, not only will your life be changed, but you can literally change generations that are coming after you. And the way that we do that is, is, is I'm saving the best for last. I'm going to give you the key. Watch this. I'm going to give you the key to not only change your current situation, but also situations to come, but then generational situations that are going to come. If you take a hold of what I'm getting ready to give you and you hold fast to it and you demonstrate it. So they were sitting there. They already told him, man, we can't beat these people. Verse 21 says, after consulting with the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing um, to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. They were, they, they were getting ready to be attacked, but that's what they were singing. Give thanks to the Lord. It reminds me of the Hebrew boys that said, even if we don't come out of the fiery furnace, he's still good. E even if we go into this furnace and we're destroyed, God is still good. We have to condition our mindsets to be a mindset that even if I don't get through the storm that's weighing on me today, I can still testify that God is still good. And when you begin to have that type of state of mind, then you'll begin to see the evidence of God moving in your life in such a profound way that you'll never be distracted by the situations that you're facing. So he sat here and Jehoshaphat and his men, they went out uh, after um, they began to sing the song. Verse number 22, watch this right here. It says, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise to the Lord. And it caused the armies of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. So, so let me get this right. So singing and praise activated that. So my challenge to you is you need to activate some stuff today. There's been some areas, as I told you, that you were shut down because they were difficult. But God has just given you the recipe to activate some stuff. They were, there was a mighty army that they were getting ready to fight, and they knew that they were going to be defeated in their own strength, but they knew that if they consulted the Lord, he would give them instructions, and if they followed the instructions, then God would come in and do his part, and then God said, listen, this is what I need from you. I need a crazy type of praise. 
I, I, I need something within you that even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't feel like it, even, even if you feel like you have no reason to do it, I need a praise from you. Because look, that was utter defeat right here in front of them. But the fact that they were still willing to praise God in the midst of adversity, it activated some stuff. Watch this. At the very moment. At the very moment. At the very moment. At the very moment. I'm going to stay it until it starts to resonate. At the very moment. At the very moment. At the very moment. But God, my husband, he's, he, he, he's not listening. God, my marriage is in trouble. God, I've been laid off. God, I got a bad report. At the very moment. Okay. <laughs> maybe I hadn't called a roll for you. Or maybe you're trying to be uh, the illusion of everything being well. But God is saying, I want to make it well. But in order for you to do that, you got to realize that I can do it at the very moment. At the very moment that you begin to do your part. Okay. All right. We're going to drive it home, Kevin. We're going to drive it home. At the very moment. There's somebody right now, God has been waiting on you. He's been wanting to do it, but you've been keeping your mouth closed. I told you that many of you guys were shut down, but God said, if you reboot it today, if you reboot everything that I've done for you, because if you look back at this, the song that they began to sing, watch this. It says, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. When you can sing the song, it endures forever. That means that you have to look back over your life and realize the last time you were in a storm, the last time you thought that you weren't going to get through it, God saw a way. God made a way. God provided. And the fact that God provided back there, I can sing over here because he did it over there. And so now I'm going to reboot it and say, God, if you did it back then, I know you can do it today. And so therefore, God, even though I don't feel like it, I'm still going to praise you. Why? Because I know that you have the ability to turn this thing around. So, 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 so you have to begin to activate this thing. You have to get beyond yourself. I know you don't feel like praising. I know situations don't look well, but you have to make up in your mind that I'm going to praise him in spite of what it looks like. I'm going to praise him in spite of what it feels like. I'm going to praise him even though I don't feel like it. Why? Because when I look back over my life. God gave me enough to praise him today. And some of you guys are sitting here, you've been praying, you've been asking God to do something, and God has said, I want to do it, but it requires you to open up your mouth. And as long as you keep your mouth closed, I'm going to keep my blessings back. But I dare you, if you just open up your mouth at this very moment, I'm going to do something that only I can do. So you, you, you have to praise them. You have to praise them even when it don't look like it. I'm 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 gonna get ready to wrap this thing up, but I need you to understand something. God, it doesn't it doesn't feel well. I, God, it's it's you you know what I'm going through. Every day I I'm 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 faced with this trial, this tribulation, and God said, Yeah, I know. God, I I want to praise you, but. The situations don't look good in my life right now. God, I, I want to praise you, but the kids are going back to school. And I have no money to get them what they need. God, God I, I, I want to praise you, but everything in my life appears to be in shambles. 
I, I want to praise you, God, but but when I when I look back over my life and I see what you did before, but God, at this moment right now, what I'm dealing with is so catastrophic, God. But I, I I I just don't I just don't even feel like it. Believe it or not, there's some of y'all that's sitting in here right now that feels that way. You come to church and you come because you want to have the illusion like everything is cool. Because see, it's something about when you miss about three Sundays at church. People start to know that things ain't cool. Because you start to shut down. You start to isolate yourself. And let me let you know something. The trick of the enemy is this. He knows that there's power in unity. He knows that there's power in when two or three are connected together. And so he tries to isolate you because of what you're going through, make you feel like you're the only one that's dealing with it because he knows that if he could confuse you and trick you, he'll put you in a corner where you'll lose your mind. That's why when you're going through, the first place you should be is in here. Because the truth of the matter is this. We realize that we ain't always had things the way that they are. And yet we're still going to trust them throughout this entire process. We're still going to seek them in the midst of this process. There's some places you got to go and you got to walk in with the illusion. But you can come into Ember Church at 1841 J.A. Cochran, just for the people watching online. J.A. Cochran Bypass, you, you, you can come to Chester. You don't have to just keep watching online. Listen, you can come here and I promise you the power of God will meet you right where you are. I'm going to tell you how powerful this is. This is a short testimony, and then we're going to transition out. we got one thing we want to do. I'm going to tell you how powerful a ministry that's seeking God's heart is. When I was pastor in New Life, we were doing Bible study on a, uh, a Wednesday night. And my wife is here. She can testify to it. We we're, were doing Bible study. We were talking about something similar to this, about letting the Lord fight your battles. Letting the Lord fight your battles. Because if you read that story, there's a scripture in there that says that he told him, this battle is not yours, it's mine. It's mine. So if you ever hear somebody say that, this is the story that that came from. Because he told him, he said, I know you're, you're, you're outnumbered. I know things are hard, but, but trust me, this battle ain't yours, it's mine. And if you trust me, I'll take care of it. That, that's where it came from. But we were in the midst of Bible study, and a lady came to the altar. She reached in her purse, and she pulled out a box cutter and put it in my hand. She said, Pastor, I've been afraid for the last couple years. I've been afraid because I felt like I had to protect myself. I had to do this. I had to do that. But you just reminded me that the battle's not mine. And if I trust in him, he'll see this thing through. He'll see it through. So whatever your battle is, whatever your situation is, I'm going to give you a moment to get it in the front of your mind. There's some people that God wants to reboot some stuff. He wants to reboot some stuff. And we're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to worship for a few minutes. But here's the thing about this worship as they're coming. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. This part, this time is on you. I want you to get that. This time is on you. This time is on you. At that very moment, the scripture says, at that very moment, when they began to sing, when they began to praise, the Lord caused confusion amongst the enemy. And watch this good part, y'all. This is a good part. It says that it took three days 
for the Israelites to go and get all the stuff that the Lord took from the enemy to take back to their camp. There's some stuff that God wants to give you that the enemy has in his possession and praise will change the possession. See, 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 that's why, listen, that's why, that's why, that's why we don't fret at the $3 million price tag to go into what God is calling us to. We, we, we don't fret in that. Why? Because we believe that we serve a God who's God enough that he can take the people who have it and they're using it for no good and shift it in such a way that he'll lay it up for it. The Bible says that the, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And so therefore, we just believe that if we worship God the way that we're supposed to, if we praise God the way that we're supposed to, then he'll do the rest. So this is what we're going to do. They're going to sing. They're going to sing. I, I, I don't know what song they're singing, but as they sing, we're going to have a time of ministry. We're going to have a time of ministry. And in this time of ministry, our objective is simple. Our objective is that you reboot yourself in the face of whatever caused you to shut down. You reboot it and you trust in the Lord with all of his might. And I promise you, I speak it prophetically right now and I wouldn't utter it if I didn't believe it was the voice of the Lord. At the moment you begin to praise the Lord and worship God, you're going to begin to see evidence that the thing that caused you to shut down is going to start to turn around. A doctor's report is going to be a little bit different. You're going to go home and the person who you hated to simply look at, things are going to be a little bit different. Everything that's caused you to stop, God is going to begin to move it. So, Chris, as you guys go out and start singing, whatever song it is, I want you guys to stand all over the building. Whatever traumatic experience caused you to stop, whatever you went through that caused you to stand still and doubt God's power, we want you to trust Him today. We want you to trust Him that if you praise God, in the book of Isaiah, it says it this way. He says, it says, he's given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And what that means is this. When you're going through something and you can't utter the words to praise him and you don't have what you feel like is a reason to praise him, God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you something that you can put on. If you begin to just lift up your hands, even if it doesn't feel like anything is happening, even if you just begin to talk about God, you're still good. God, I remember the last time you did it for me. When you begin to say that, I promise you that spirit of heaviness, God will come in and he'll arrest it in such a way that God will begin to replace that thing and give you something that will cause you to keep moving. Some of you guys need help. Some of you guys are afraid because your situations are big and I don't, I don't shy away from that. But our leaders are going to be standing here and we're going to pray with you that God has given you the strength to overcome whatever it is that caused you to shut down. You don't have to walk around with an illusion of it. You can walk around and be the true representation of who God is. And you'll have a testimony to say, listen, I shut down, but when I opened up my mouth and I shifted my focus, God came in and did the rest.